This is Alpha Geek Radio. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. gentlemen the casuals are taking control of the airways this is casually hardcore live on alphageekradio.com for sunday the 19th oh god of april 2015 this is casually hardcore and i am gnomewise i am dexa and you're really loud holy crap <laughs> Say that again. Who are you? I am Dexa. Oh, there's there's the dulcet <laughs> tones I was expecting, not the earth-shattering. Hi, I'm Dexa. Gozer the Gozerian. <laughs> I met, I was introduced to a dog last week that was a crossbreed between a Mastiff and a Great Dane. Oh. It was a beautiful dog. Who has this dog? Um, uh, some people at the dojo where, I, where my children and I work out. Ah, okay. And so it's a year-old, freaking enormous animal, and named Gozer. Oh, of course. And the son introduced it. This is Gozer. He's a Gozerian. It's like, <laughs> you're cool for a seven-year-old. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Welcome to Casually Hardcore, where we talk about nerdy things, what make us happy. Just a few odd things you know went on in the greater geek community this week i can't i'm having a hard time recalling some of them um, um did a game come out no no no, no. more more tv or or maybe movie related yeah hmm. i think what we're sidling up to sideways here was the star wars celebration uh, yes. uh making headlines all across the universe uh the galaxy far far away long time ago, actually just this past weekend, and they rolled out uh, their major initial promotional uh, effort for The Force Awakens, and rolled out a new trailer, and did what looks to be a, a new kind of convention, where, not unlike Blizzard Entertainment with BlizzCon, they did their own single-topic convention. Basically, Star Wars Celebration. Come love all things Star Wars. Give us, in some cases, ridiculous amounts of money to attend. And it's a huge PR fest and a huge fan service monstrosity for people who love that particular franchise. Mm -hmm. And live streams left, right, and center, panels, talking about the creators dropping all kinds of information about... The whole Star Wars universe. So there was stuff in there about the new Battlefront game. There was stuff in there about uh, the next season of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, stuff about the upcoming Force Awakens and the other movies that they have in the pipeline. It was all kinds of nerdy neatness. Yeah. Um, so there's the trailer itself um, for The Force Awakens. 
where we get our first glimpses of the classic cast. Correct. Uh, so we get uh, you know, a no-face cloaked shot of Luke. Um, we get to see the lower two-thirds of Leia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. Eh, they're, they're, they're warming up to it. Um, and we get to see the, the, the capper for the uh, trailer, which is the shot. Chewy! Han and, and Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> Chewbacca, who has not aged a day. What conditioner are you using? My God. He looks amazing. Well, Wookiees live for centuries, so he wouldn't have. I mean, I, I swear in previous iterations of that costume, they had given him a little gray around the muzzle, and it's gone. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't look like a day over 150. That's because he dies. <laughs> well, the, see, the the EU where he died no longer is canon, so he's alive. No, again. not dies as in that, as in dies his uh, scruff. No. <laughs> yes. Wookies aren't vain. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. It's yes. just for Wookies, is what he uses. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. That was the fun reveal of classic uh, Harrison Ford, dressed in in you know very Han like, uh, not quite the identical costume we're used to seeing him into, but the right the right costume you'd expect to see Han Solo in, hanging out obviously in the Millennium Falcon, and just saying Chewie, we're home. Yep. Um, tons of little tidbits and snippets in the trailer. We get to see somebody handing Leia um, Luke's so orig original lightsaber. Lightsaber, yeah. Which was handed down to him from Anakin, which makes you wonder, hmm, who, who's been rummaging around in, in the bowels of, of Cloud City to, to, to relocate that thing and bring it back from the dead? Because uh, the last time we saw that thing, it was spinning off into the greater distance along with Luke's hand. So... Well, they also showed the mask, so someone's been rummaging around for sure. Yeah, they showed the, the burned and distorted mask of Darth Vader from his funeral pyre. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where they're taking it. Um, some nice, uh, glorious shots of... They, they did kind of the classic cinematography of the TIE fighter chasing the Millennium Falcon and cut to the internal of the TIE pilot in his black... Uh, armor, and it's just like that's straight out of a new hope. They're just that they're just giving us tons and loads of, of fan service. Pretty much. Um, some interesting background bits. You get to see some interesting riffs on the Tie Fighters with white uh, wing panels instead of black, uh, which look kind of they, they're just kind of available. They, they are visible in the background of a few shots. Um, you get to see more shots of the new updated Stormtrooper armor with the new Imperial logo or the logo of whomever they are following in a, in a big uh, banner in the background. Um, yes, true in the IRC. Luke has a stalker fan. Someone is digging through his old trash. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, you guys. So lots of action shots, lots of space battle stuff, uh, some more snippets of the Sith-like person with wearing a Sith-like mask with their super-duper uh, cross-guard light lightsaber still in evidence. Looks uh, a little Cylon-y to me. Yeah, well, it's a very... Uh, they had the one interesting shot of 
an Imperial trooper in chromed armor, basically. Yes, that one. I'm wondering what up with that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it looked kind of like a, a riff on the Mandalorian armor, updated, but chrome? Chrome, yeah, chrome is weird. Yeah, that's, it, it looked a little That's odd. like screaming, I'm right here. That, that is one thing that I noticed about the Imperials in this very shiny. So the cockpit shots of the pilot, the armor, if you think of the armor from the, the classic series, it, it had very much of a, a PVC plastic look to it. And this was high gloss paint version of the black uh, TIE fighter pilot armor. So very glistening, very, very shiny, more so than previous iterations of the armor. So that that's might be JJ's sensibilities creeping through there. Because if you look at the, the bridge of the new Enterprise and everything, all the shiny surfaces, we might be getting a little bit of that in uh, Force Awakens. But fun, all kinds of fan service buried in there. Um, one of the more fun panels you can go see. So in the original teaser trailer... We had a, a momentary shot of one of the featured droids from the movie, which was this little spherical droid with an R2-D2-like head kind of hovering above it, rolling across the desert. And they later revealed that that droid is named BB-8. What they showed off at the panel was the fact that it's not CG. It's a cool little droid. It is a practical effect. They rolled it out on stage. So they've leveraged some technology that lets the head move around the outside of the spherical body and they, they have puppeteers who are remote controlling it so it is actually a live performance by puppeteers during the filming of the movies they, they said it was important to them that they you know they knew it would be easier to do it with cg but it would be better for the actors to have something to act against but you look at how this thing moves and you wonder how the hell are they pulling that off it is so cool. Yeah, I'm really eager to see what technology they've got underneath the hood there. And they have it roll out. And, of course, you know, we had a little conversation with R2-D2, who's already on stage. And I noticed that the, uh, the vocalizations they've given, they've given it remind me very strongly of WALL-E. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's not just beepity boop boop like R2. They've given it a lot more emotion. And a, a, they can communicate more with just the noise. Um, yes, Barry VA in the IRC. My, what shiny surfaces you have, the better to lens flare off of, my dear. That's kind of what I'm afraid of. <laughs> we shall see. So, yeah, go, go to YouTube and look up, just do uh, BB-8 uh, Star Wars Celebration, and you'll get lots of hits of the, the official videos of that sequence, and it is just plain cool. And yes. That, that filled me with hope for this movie because it reminded me so strongly of those behind-the-scenes specials we would have back in the original Star Wars days where it was guys in model shops with motion-controlled cameras doing things practically. Popping out of suits, all kinds of stuff. Hard work went into the... Yeah, but it's not... They're not leaning heavily on CG the way George did with the prequels. Correct. So I think we're going to see a return to the look and feel of the, of the lived-in universe that we're used to and we, we have kind of wanted these sequels to be. 
So the fact that they've gone to all the effort of do, to do this stuff in camera, you know, do it right there, not add it in with CG later, gives me hope that they've approached this with the right attitude. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, uh, what I've been seeing is what I've been seeing lately is actually it's pretty neat. Um, The original cast is going to be awesome. Having them back is going to be great. The new cast looks pretty interesting. It looks like they could do a really good job. Yeah, I'm not sure you know where this. This is definitely likely to be. I should say, you know, the one movie that they're going to have the classic actors in, and, and they will pass the torch to this new generation of characters. Well, of course. I mean, it wouldn't make sense to keep having them on there because people would just... It's too much of a distraction, in my opinion. Right. But we do need to, you know, for, for continuity's sake, we say, okay, you know, our, our, our battle against the evil is over. Let us inspire you new young, young actors to take it forward and fight whatever form, you know, the Empire is, is in at this stage. I'm curious to see because they've, they've taken it to... You know, the same amount of time has passed in-universe as has passed out here in the real world, which they kind of had to do because the actors are that much older. Exactly. Um, So what has happened, you know, because the Empire just didn't evaporate and disappear overnight. So I'm assuming it's been kind of a... A lot of people are speculating it's a Cold War kind of a setup of long, slow, grinding battle of attrition against the remains of the Empire and slowly kicking them out of system by system by system. We'll see. Possibly. Uh, if we are burned, the fans will call him Jar Jar Abrams. Yes, Coins, you are correct. And we will also hunt him down wherever he lives. Uh, though, arguably, he, he violated the Star Trek franchise and managed to not get himself offed for that. So there were, there were plenty of people who were not satisfied with his treatments. I was fairly happy with them. but I liked it. Yeah, me too. So, I didn't even notice the lens flares until you pointed them out because that wasn't what I was actually enthralled right. with. Right. So we should just call this the week of many trailers. <laughs> um, uh, so also released since we last spoke, uh, full trailer for Ant-Man featuring Yellow Jacket. We get to see the villain for the first time in the villain's suit. Uh, we also get to see some of the, fo- the fight choreography. Um leveraging the size changing mm-hmm. um and we saw a sequence that was very reminiscent of the sizzle reel that they did years ago as kind of a proof of concept um reshot and made part of the movie where he's running along the muzzle of a gun and leaps up and the the conceit is even when he's tiny he has his full strength correct so we have this little tiny um Ant-Man jumping up at a guy, punching him in the jaw, and the guy's head just snapping around. Which is uh, awesome. Yeah, which is completely awesome. And they, they, and they pull it off and make it, you know, I wouldn't say believable, but not so unbelievable as to be, un- as to be ridiculous. True, but I want to see, like, where his, little, where his little hands, like, grabbed him on the neck, you exactly. know? Exactly. <laughs> there, there's going to need to be... Suspension of disbelief on this one, kids. Absolutely. <laughs> to an extreme degree. But also, another fight sequence in the uh, trailer with Ant-Man and Yellowjacket fighting each other and size changing while they're doing it. Correct. So you see Yellowjacket winding up to punch 
and then shrinking down to Ant-Man size as he delivers the punch, which just looked really cool. Um, and a funny sequence they put in at the end where they're tiny-sized, playing on a kid's train set. Yeah. <laughs> and Ant-Man throws Yellow Jacket on the tracks in front of Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. And they have a close-up shot where it looks, ah, oh, I'm going to get hit by a train. Oh, and then yeah. <laughs> zoom back to regular scale, and you just see the train just kind of gently fall off the track. <laughs> Boop. And then you go back down to tiny scale, and Ant-Man is hurling a train car at uh, Yellow Jacket, and it's back to being impressive scale again. And it was just very well done, good comedic timing of... You know, from the outside, this looks like there's nothing going on. But when you get down to their size, they're hurling full-size train cars at each other. It was funny and good. And I hope they maintain that sense of humor uh, throughout the film. Because when you you got to have some humor in there. If you if you decided to call your film Ant-Man, exactly. you, you had better have a good sense of humor. And they've made a joke about the name in every single trailer, this one being no exception. Um, where he's talking to Yell Jacket, I'm Ant-Man. It's like, I know, it wasn't my idea. Um, so I'm finding myself about in the same place where I was at this stage with Guardians of the Galaxy Um, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what happens more more than that I'm I'm interested in in seeing it not merely you know we'll go reluctantly and, and hope to be surprised I'm actually entertained by what I have seen um, I was probably a little more jazzed at this point with Guardians just because they had the whole blue Swede hooked on a feeling thing going on. Oh, at this point. yeah, that's true. That's hard to top. That was a really good trailer. It was a great trailer. Um, but I am still optimistic that this film will be another entertaining Marvel film. True. Now, I had uh, apparently the good fortune right before the show just to follow a random Facebook link to the Fantastic Four trailer number two, which I guess hasn't been officially released because literally I played through it once, hit the replay button, and then the notice came saying this has been removed due to a copyright claim from Fox. So I snuck in right under the wire of whoever snuck this, whoever leaked this trailer out. Um, And... Again, I'm finding myself in the place, just like with Terminator Genesis, uh-huh. against my will, I am generating an interest in this film. Because hmm. I have very low confidence at Fox with the Fantastic Four property. Right. Because look at what they've created so far. Two really not that impressive movies that played very fast and loose with the mythos and just weren't all that great. I mean, they were fair to middling as, as superhero movies go, but Marvel has set the bar so high that we're, and we're so spoiled by good quality. It's like, yeah, maybe at one time we would have been so starved for good comic book conversions that we would have accepted that. Not this time. Not so much anymore. This one, and again, they are playing fast and loose with the origin story, very much so. They have, as I kind of suspected from the teaser trailer, it's no longer space travel and cosmic rays that get them. 
uh, Reed Richards is working on interdimensional travel. So the they show them all getting into suits and getting into pods and they're shifting dimensions is what they're experimenting on that exposes them to whatever turns them into the Fantastic Four. So that's a very big change from the origin story. And I think it's a good one because the original story was told during the space race when getting into low Earth orbit was exotic and strange and we had no idea what would happen. We have people living full-time in low Earth orbit now and not one of them has stretching powers. Well, you know, maybe they do, but they haven't come back down to tell us about it. Shh, they'll find you. <laughs> um, so I like that they've, they've gone a step further. So ah, let's make this more exotic again. We're going to do dimension hopping. So that conceit has changed. The actor who they've got playing Reed Richards, really, really young. Oh, my God. God, is he a kid. So I'm having a little bit of a hard time reconciling the, the classic representation of Reed Richards with the graying temples. Right. Um, as, you know, the, 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 you know, the father figure. They're not going that direction with him at all. He is whiz kid, you know, prodigy. Young, young and bright. I mean, that's yeah. who messes young, around with crazy experiments, right? Totally fits with what they're doing. It's just, I have to, I'll have to get over that. Um <laughs> And it looks like they're not even trying to make Johnny and Sue even adopted brothers and sister in this one. They're just saying they are not related. So, or as far as you can tell from the, uh, from the trailer. The most impressive thing in this trailer is the thing. Holy shit. They pulled it off. This is like he stepped off the comic book page. Every bit as rocky as he's ever been portrayed with the bright blue eyes in the face mm-hmm. that he's always been drawn with. It looks impressive as hell. Huh. And that's huge because you can see the actor's performance through the mocap. You can, there, there's an actual performance going on here in the combination between the actor and the animators. And they're going to be able to do a lot with that, I hope. It's, it's not just... You know, the same way we've gotten the Hulk who is agile and moving and fast and, and powerful. The, the same kind of thing. You know, even though it's, it's the thing and he's this lumbering bunch of rocks, he is still a being that moves, has a natural movement to him. And just, but the, the face, it just, I, that's why I was going to go back and watch the trailer again. Right. It's like, I want to see more of that. Holy crap, that looked incredible. And damn it, I got just the one, the one taste. The one showing. Um, well, you got more than we did. I didn't get the one taste. And so. I had no idea I was even watching a leaked anything. I just followed random Facebook things. Oh, cool, they released a trailer for Fantastic Four. Like, oh, I guess they didn't release a trailer for Fantastic Four. Um, but on the upside, yeah, this... Uh, I... I, I Fox has hurt me so many times. Yeah, tell me about it. Between, that's why I'm not watching Gotham. Um, and I still, I'm, I'm probably going to line up for this one unless future trailers, you know, reveal something hinky or, or news gets leaked or something to turn me off. At this stage, there's so many good movies coming out. 
There are so many good movies coming out, that's for sure. Uh, and we haven't even started with Superman versus Batman. Well, why don't we move on to that one? Because it also released a new trailer this week. They also, I know, oh my God. They also suffered from a leak. A Spanish language version of it leaked online, so they put the official one out shortly thereafter. Um, and this trailer caused me to go back and rewatch Man of Steel. Really? Um... Because the tone on this one, on this trailer, mm-hmm. a little bit dark. It is, absolutely. Just just a skosh. It is very dark. Uh, holy crap, is it dark. Which makes total sense if you mm-hmm. consider it as a sequel to Man of Steel. What state you know, were we left in? At the end of Man of Steel. Large-scale devastation. Yes. Huge loss of life. Coupled with the revelation that we are not alone in the universe. And there's an alien with God powers living among us. What exactly would that do to humanity? Well... Apparently, humanity's fanatical, and I know humanity's fanatical about some things, but they went very fanatical in that movie. Well, they seem to be in different camps, but there's definitely a camp of people who basically are worshipping Kal-El at this point. As a god. As an actual god made flesh. And they have some scenes of him walking around, people bowing down before him, and him looking really uncomfortable with the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the voiceover basically saying, what did you expect? We were always looking to be saved. We're always looking for a savior. And here he is. Um, and then, you know, they, they slowly zoom in on a statue of Superman where someone has scrawled false God on over his chest plate. Um, so there's obviously a major conflict going on between these different factions Thus, the Batman versus Superman, because when we see our first shot of Bruce Wayne with an Alfred voiceover of this is how it begins, the rage, mm-hmm. the feeling of powerlessness. And you have your classic done-to-death bit of Bruce Wayne looking at the glass cabinet, holding the cowl, broodingly staring at it. Always. Every, it's got to be in every movie. Every damn Batman movie seems <laughs> to feel like the need to show the costume sitting there and have Bruce Wayne looking... Yes, we get it. It's his alter ego. It's like another person. We get it. Can we please just not do that trope again? No, apparently not. It's right there in the trailer. Um, I mean, I feel like if he's really that conflicted, you know, if he's really like, damn it, one more again, then just burn the outfit and stop. Yeah, but But then you get up against the whole thing where it's basically like a drug addiction for him, which is one of the... uh, Ooh, someone just linked it in uh, the IRC. The apparently the trailer the backup. backup. Ah, okay. So the some someone scooped them, but they did intend to release it, or they just pulled the trigger on it just now because it got leaked. But the Fantastic Four trailer, full trailer, is back on YouTube on the 20th Century Fox official channel. Oh, nice. Um, so you might want to sneak in there in case it's a a mistake, uh, and grab it while you can. Um, so back to DC Universe. Mm-hmm. So the setup of uh, lots of action shots with Batman kind of 
digging around in rubble and being shot at from uh, aerial drones and Batmobile chase sequences. A few, mm-hmm. a few really good shots of the costume. I really like the costume. Batman or Superman? Batman. Superman's unchanged. Superman appears to be the, the costume straight out of Man of Steel. Well, I barely saw him, so... Yeah, he was mostly in, in moodily lit dark. Exactly. The whole damn trailer is moodily lit and dark. It's very dark. But the shots of the, of the Batman cowl are very much out of the Frank Miller um, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns era. Little stubby ears, uh, that, that shape of Bat logo. Um, looks good. Um, Affleck looks good in the suit. Um, and then well, you only see his mouth. I mean, it's really right. hard to look really bad when you only see the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, hell, if uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton can pull it off, then Ben Affleck can pull it off. I That's, like Michael Keaton. I love Michael Keaton, but you don't <laughs> picture him as martial arts, you know, fighting hero type when you see well, him out of the cowl. I never really, I never really said Ben Affleck couldn't pull it off. I, it was just a weird choice, in my opinion, you know. But I mean, let's see. So far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. The bat armor gets featured more heavily in this than it did in the trailer. Again, straight out of the Dark Knight Returns, and they have the throwdown, and you get to hear Affleck's take on the gravelly voice. Mm-hmm. Because. Everybody's got to do it. Everybody's got to do the gravelly voice. And he is basically talking smack to Superman. <laughs> do you bleed? But that's, isn't that what Batman does? I mean, mostly? Yeah. Mostly he talks smack to Superman. I mean, who else is he going to talk smack to? They talk smack sometimes, but I mean, this is bef- the whole point of this movie, I think, is them coming to terms where. With the subtitle Dawn of Justice, we assume we're heading for the Justice League. So at the end of this movie, they will have to have worked out their differences. Yep. Um, but getting there apparently is going to be a very rocky road indeed, including uh, superpowered alien versus power armor Batman throwdown. Mm-hmm. There's also a snippet of Batman up on the top of a tower. If you look closely, he appears to be holding a sniper rifle. So wonder. Does he really? I missed that. Look closely when he's standing up on the top. I thought that was the antenna of the tower. That's it. It is a scope and a rifle, or or it is an antenna that looks exactly like like a scope scope on a rifle. Um, So you wonder if he's doing the whole long distance kryptonite love thing. Who knows? Who indeed can know? But interesting. I like the tone. Very much, and it doesn't appear to be a very popular opinion. But I mean, I, you know, there's accusations of them going deliberately way dark just to differentiate themselves from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Is that necessarily a, a bad thing? This is, I see them treating the property realistically in that how would the world react? When it's a dark story, I mean, you know, two of your biggest heroes going up against each other. Yeah, and, or just, and, and just you know, one half of the world saying, bow down before God. The other half saying, get the alien off the planet. Exactly. He killed six million people and destroyed a major city. He's uh, going to do it again. And yeah, he went, went, when is he going to wake up and feel like he doesn't want us around anymore and kill us all? Um I find that extremely believable that 
a large percentage of the population would react in fear, which was an overriding theme of Man of Steel. Correct. With Kevin Costner's character basically teaching Clark, live in fear. They will not accept you, or you must wait and, and, and be ready to be rejected when you reveal yourself and willing to sacrifice his life to maintain you know, his son's secret. Um, and that's another thing that people had really a hard time with that version of Superman, you know, basically proceeding from a place of fear. I think they're continuing along this narrative. I think it'd be a hell of a story, though, if you get to see them come to trust one another mm-hmm. a bit at a time. Because Hollywood loves just cut to the chase and let, let's just get to the all-star team-up as fast as we can. And how many movies did Marvel wait before they had their first team-up? Like seven or nine, I forget. How many they did before Avengers 1? Yeah. But I, I feel like even with the all-star team-up of, of the Justice League, Batman and Superman have always had tension. I mean, they've always been... they've. They've always worked together, and they understand each other, but there's always been something between both of them. No, some of the very best Batman and Superman stories involve you know, Batman plotting how to deal with Superman if he should ever go rogue. Um, and there's great you know, sequences where you know, basically it's revealed that, oh yeah, Bruce Wayne happens to have a kryptonite bullet that he keeps around just in case. And... You know, a scene where Superman basically gives the kryptonite bullet back to Batman after having had it shot at him and says, I, I trust you to keep this and to use it if it's necessary. Which, you know, that's one hell of a friendship. Mm-hmm. I will give you a power that no one else in the universe has. You can end me and I trust your judgment. That's a that's a good story. How do you get to that place where you, where you are antagonistic with somebody and yet trust them that deeply? That's a good story. I think they both understand. I think they're both champions of, you know, their causes, and their causes are really the same. Champions of justice. It's I, I, just I, keep hearing, that... I keep hearing the Super Friends narrator in my head. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the whole of justice. Um, so I think their causes really are the same. They just sometimes have a difference of opinion on how to get there. Yeah. So at at their heart, they really have the same cause. Yeah. Superman is all about let's you know do this as peacefully as possible. Let's be as fair and as just as possible. And Batman is always my parents are dead. <laughs> Both their parents are dead. Yeah. You think they have more common ground there? <laughs> exactly. No, apparently not. <laughs> no. Love you, Batman. Anyway. Uh, so that brings us handily to a good breaking point. Uh, you're listening to a movie trailer extravaganza <laughs> edition of Casually Hardcore. And we haven't even touched on what's going on on television at this point. I know. Um, you know you've, you've expressed concern earlier about uh, the overload. All I'm feeling right now is nerdgasm. Well, but yes, absolutely. But this is all, but these are trailers. These are not you know, actual movies and actual. Exactly. We'll see. And we'll they're see. all maintaining good quality. So let's may, maybe it'll start falling down once we get start getting some Drek on board. We'll see. Hopefully not. All right. I have some Mark Gunn, uh, more 
sci-fi drinking songs for you guys uh, queued up. This one is called Free Brains. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this one's probably zombie related. Mm, Maybe. Could be. Just saying. All right. This is Casually Hardcore. Here comes Mark Gunn. We'll be back right after this. This is Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. If I turned into a zombie Would your cricket bat bash me? Because my neck is drenched in blood Now I'm craving your flesh to leave But if I die, I'm sorry, Sean in a gas, I'm not ashamed I won't stop till you stop laughing Or until I eat your brains I just want to eat your brains I just want to eat your brains But please don't fashion Everything's alright Cause you are whipped and I am in chains You and Liz seem happy now With me undead playing video games But if I die, I'm sorry Sean Just tell me who is your favorite monkey I just wanna eat your brains I 
Hey, this is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Harker continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. Now, this being a very Star Wars-heavy week, we had to call upon our resident fan and bring Boba Fetish onto the call. Boba, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Help yourself, Gnome Dexa. Great. Loving life as far as uh, geek content is concerned. Um, I'm very curious to see what have your reactions been to the flood of information coming out of uh, Star Wars Celebration, starting with Force Awakens. Let's touch that one first. Uh, actually, I am slightly more hopeful now. I just still worry about the lens flares. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> see any in evidence. That- uh, chrome Trooper with the lens flare. Yeah, the Chrome Trooper was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, and, and how really shiny the pilot was in his in his cockpit. As much as I loved the nod to the, the classic shot, hey, let's you know, sh- show the guy flying in the TIE Fighter, show the guy sitting in the X-Wing, and now you see the targeting reticle. It's like that's very much miming the original films, but it's like, wow, that was a very bright and shiny, clean armor he was, re- he was, he was wearing there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The better to lens flare you with. Yep. Well, they don't get very dirty, apparently. They are the Imperials? And they don't need to hide from anything. Everything no is regimented. You will wash your armor 16 times and then wear it once. <laughs> Put it in the incinerator, we'll give you a new one. No scratches. No scratches. No kidding. Yawol. Suddenly I'm such Germans. Hmm. <laughs> You're such a goofball. What, me? Mm-hmm. Excuse me, ma'am. I take exception to that. No, you're right. <laughs> um, so this puts some of your fears to rest? Some. Uh, like I said, I think I, I, I'm good with everything so far that I've seen, especially the practical effects. Mm. Like that BB-8 droid is just awesome. mind-blowing. <laughs> but it's just, like I say, JJ, I've still got a bit of fear. Yeah, well, he's he's... Let us astray, you know, with the, with the Trek franchise. Didn't murder it, but y'all, he did polish it a lot. <laughs> yeah, but that that doesn't really have a lot to do with the story or the characters. I feel like that's just like an artistic thing. That's like making everybody only wear one color. You know, what I mean, that's not a, as huge a deal if it, he's got good story, good characters. Um, so as long as that stays consistent, eh. Star Wars is weird. I'll be okay with a lens flare, too. It doesn't bother me as much as I think it bothers other people. I mean, the ships and the settings are characters unto themselves in Star Wars to a greater extent than in many other nerd-friendly franchises, I think. What do, you, do, you, do you feel that way about it, Boba? Yeah, definitely. Um, probably the next closest one, I'd have to say, comes uh, Firefly. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, definitely, when you look at compare Star Wars to Star Trek, right? It's Star Trek. You get one ship, Enterprise. Right. It's like really they don't go into a lot of detail on their ships, right? So. And and in Star Wars, like X wing, A wing, B wing, Tie fighter, Tie interceptor, Tie bombers, and they give us this wealth because the model builders were having a grand old time making these very believable ships. And as super fans, we glommed onto every little detail. You know, give me a copy of the Star Wars sketchbook. Oh, yeah, give me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Including, like, the five different copies of the Star Wars encyclopedia well, I that, have here. Well, <laughs> not our Boba, really. <laughs> um, so I think what the way people reacted very negatively to the prequels was partially because 
it was so clean and perfect. And part of what we had come to love about Star Wars was the used, lived-in universe. Gritty, kind of. I mean, we all agreed yeah. with Luke when he said, what a piece of junk. Yep. And we don't know how a spaceship is supposed to look in this universe, but we could a look at it and say, that's obviously kludged together from bits and pieces. It's basically a jalopy. Exactly. Um, so it looks like they're getting back to some of that feeling there. I am also cautiously hopeful. Um, how about some of the stuff they did? Have you been following Star Wars Rebels? Uh, yep. Uh, somewhat. I'm still waiting for the DVDs to come out because I want to watch them all without the stupid kitty commercials in, yeah. in them. It's, yeah, because it's, it's only on Disney Channel up here as well, so I'm sort of tired of seeing commercials that are aimed at like four- and five-year-olds. <laughs> it's weird that they're they're telling this really good <laughs> in-canon story. Yes, it's animated, but it's not really a young kid's storyline that much. No. I mean, it, it is truly the story you would want to see from between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is what they're following. They're giving us exactly what, they, what we want. They're just using computer animated characters to do it. Um, now, I know why it's on Disney XD, because, well, Disney bought Lucasfilm. Exactly. Um, but Did they, you hear the one piece of news for the new animated series that came out yesterday? Um, I mean, we saw the return of mysteriously some surviving clone troopers from yep. the trailer. Like Rex, um, everybody's favorite clone. And uh, the crazy funny pirate guy, Ona... Um, uh, yeah, I forget Ho- Honda. Name fan, but it was more of the, the whole Rex coming back. Is right, Rex and a couple of other excited. And I saw people who did freeze frames and, and zoomed in, and they each have a little scar on their temple. Um, so they're saying, okay, at some point they removed the chip, which is why order 66 didn't get these particular guys. Um, it's like, wow, that's some hawk-eyed fans there. But what, Mm -hmm. what was the new reveal that I have not seen? Uh, just, well, it was the Captain Rex, the returning of Captain Rex from the Clone Wars series. Right. So, so we have him and two, looks like two or three other, uh, clones who somehow evaded, uh, order 66. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I've noticed them kind of slowly turning it back into the Clone Wars. Yep. Um, which I think fans of Clone Wars will be very approving of because it, it really it did die before it needed to. But it really, you know, Disney came and said, well, we've got this grand plan and we really need to move the, for- the story forward. And we can't wait to tie up all this Clone Wars stuff. That's back in, in George's era, and we want to get it into our era. Yeah. But I think they're trying to give us the best of both worlds here with the uh, writing Rex, Captain Rex back in and Ahsoka back in. So we're getting a little bit of what we wanted. Oh, yeah. And Darth freaking Vader. Yep. Um, which is interesting. Uh, you look at the, the version they've done in the animated series, The Mask really looks like the the Macquarie original uh, concept art. They've kind of elongated the snout a little bit. They made it a, a much, a much uh, longer triangle where it's not quite the classic mask from the movies. So it's kind of a hybrid between the old Ralph Macquarie images of what he might look like and what we got in the, in the movies. Um, so we'll get, we'll get our Darth on. Uh, I'm encouraged. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm 
I too am going to, to binge it. Um, hmm. Much the way I binged Clone Wars originally. Because um, I had the initial reaction of, oh, it's it's the kids' show, until someone brought me on and said, oh, no. <laughs> Come here. Let me show you. Sat me down and said, this is, this is just more Star Wars. This is not only for kids. If you're a Star Wars fan, then it's meat and potatoes storylines in the universe. Um, so we've got little tidbits of information about the other movies, but they really were focusing on um, the three big things, which was Force Awakens and Rebels and the Battlefront game, um, which is looks to be just kind of fan service fight in all the classic Star Wars battles to your heart's content. So they had Battle of Hoth there. They had um, Battle of Endor um, featured prominently, and all the classic vehicles. So you had ATSTs, ATATs, and a, a great sequence from the Battle of Endor uh, setting uh, with them kind of cycling through speeder bikes. Now we're dealing with an ATST. Now we're dealing with an ADAT, and we're bringing in Y Wing bombers and just showcasing the, the, the game engine. Looks to be a ton of fun. Uh, we'll see how entertaining it actually is when we get our hands on it. Do you have, do you have much interest in the game because they're, they're threatening? Uh, yeah, only because Boba Fett's in it. Ah, yes, he was featured. <laughs> there were scenes of him uh, jetpacking around Tatooine. Uh, actually, no, he was on the new planet. Oh, on Jakku. Yeah, uh, because when Boba goes up into the air, mm-hmm. they actually rotate the camera, and the Star Destroyer that's in the ground on the uh, movie trailer is in the ground on this planet. Okay. The exact same background shot. Yeah, because everyone saw the, there was a, a bit at the beginning of the trailer where a little speeder we saw from the teaser trailers going across the sands, goes by a crashed X-Wing, and then you see the background, the huge uh, Imperial Star Destroyer crashed into the sands, and it was like, ooh, they're on Tatooine. It's like, mm, no, they just, they just really love desert planets in this franchise, I guess. <laughs> yep. I think they, they needed it to be um, something other than Tatooine, because apparently they're, they're shooting for some kind of tie-in with Star Wars Rebels. And it needed to happen somewhere we've never seen before so they can explain away why they were never seen in the original trilogy. Oh, it's because they were over here on this other desert planet doing all kinds of important things uh, to end the war. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so there's, there's obviously a, a sequence in the game or a battle you can play that's out of the new movie. Hmm, clever tie-ins. It's almost as if... Someone running an entertainment empire really knew how to stitch their different properties together. Exactly. Mm, well, and did you ca- did you catch today's news? No. What did they throw out now? I did put it. I did put it into the chat earlier. Ah. I they was... released the teaser trailer for the Rogue One. Really? Already? Yes. yes. Uh, it's just a slight voiceover. Uh, some sc- shots probably done on location. Whose but, voice? Um. They sort of took it from episode four. Okay. With Alec Guinness. Okay. So not uh, Wedge Antilles as we were... Uh... Well, it could be, but the voiceover work was the um, uh, old Ben's re- reading the lines about the the Force has been around long before the Empire back in the old days. Mm-hmm. I'm still hoping that that's going to be wedge, Wedge-centric. I know, yeah. the, I know the original actor was not interested in reprising his role, but if they depends on when they set it, or they could just recast the role. Exactly. 30 years later, it's 
Well, he was, he was, We'd allow for some sort of change, I'm sure. Tons of fun in the uh, Rogue Squadron games, and he was, you know, he, he enjoyed a, a long life in the EU. Um, we'll see. So a, a wild berry has appeared to tell us what we've been saying wrong. <clears throat> well, surprisingly, um, you guys were mentioning Star Wars Battlefront game, the teaser, yes. which your trailer came out. You seem to have glossed over the fact that this is actually uh, Battlefront 3. Right. Yeah. You, did you ever play the first two games? Uh, the original in, in the dark uh, days of the past. Yeah, on the, like, the original Xbox, probably. Right. Yes. These games were awesome. And, like, absolutely amazing to play because of exactly what you said. You're playing the classic battles that you love. You're playing the in films. the classic battle. But one of the unique things that they did in those games that I always thought was really awesome was you would go into the battle, say, uh, I, I remember there was one on Endor, and you were like uh, the people defending the shoreline, and the Empire was, you were the rebels defending the shoreline, and the rebels were like storming the beach. It was like Normandy. Okay. And you would drop into the battle as random rebel trooper, random Ewok. Sometimes you could be like a Wookiee or something like that. But when you died, you didn't respawn as yourself. You respawned as a different person in the battle. Interesting. And yeah, so um, the the actual game was you have you know it's three hundred versus three hundred. You have three hundred lives to like finish these people off, and you know the more of them you ki- if you kill a person and they have two ninety nine, it's just a countdown of who can kill the other side faster. Hmm. But there was always a chance. You could get dropped in next because I think it was randomly generated as Luke Skywalker all of a oh, sudden, really? and now and now you have a lightsaber and like wow, and now I can really carve up a bunch of clone troopers mm. or, or stormtroopers in this case, I guess. Uh, yeah, that game was amazing, and we've been waiting like well over a decade for the third one to come out. It was one of those games where they were like, of course we're making another one of these. They sold like hotcakes. And it never happened. Well, the studios kept freaking closing, and then LucasArts was consumed as part of this, you know, Empire acquisition, and there was much uncertainty. And so I think this this is Disney getting their, their gears turning on this one. They need to... If they make this third game, it needs to play exactly like the other two did, because that was the most amazing part about it, is that you could get into these battles and Sometimes you were Darth Vader. So you would be satisfied with merely a an HD update to current hardware of the of of two, and that would be completely satisfactory to you. Um yeah, I, I think that they in the trailer there they kinda made it seem like you'd be able to like fly vehicles and stuff though, but that wasn't in the other games. Okay. I think you could get on speeder bikes at one point. But on rails. A little bit, but if you could get in like a Y Wing all of a sudden this game would be absolutely amazing, you know, if they had space battles, too, and stuff. We shall see. Yeah, this is just the initial teaser. Lots of very pretty footage shown, but demo reels are demo reels, and gameplay is usually something very other. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm just not... I don't have the current generation of consoles in the house, unless you count the Wii U, which most people don't. Um, so this would beyond my reach and I won't have time to play video games for another 18 years or so so <laughs> by then it'll just be neural implants um, now you Dax you have current gen consoles are this this kind of Star Wars game featured in your household ever are they not really your thing we have two current gen consoles but um, yeah 
for the guys, yeah, for Grail and Aridin, absolutely. Um, I'm a horrible flyer. So, and first person shooter, I haven't been good at first person shooters since I stopped playing them on, on the actual PC. Gotcha. I can't play them on a console. I suck at them on a console. No, keyboard and mouse is the way to go. There's just no way. So, um, not really my thing, but I like watching other people play them. The other Excellent. Star Wars Battlefront games weren't first person, though. They were like third person perspective. Okay. So you saw your little dude running around in front of you and such. Hmm. So have we missed anything in the festival of previews that this week has been before we shift oh, attention? Yes. Another thing that you mentioned earlier in the show that I had to correct. <laughs> this was actually the 10th time they've done Star Wars Celebration. The first one was in 1999, so it predates BlizzCon. Interesting. This is just Disney's first effort at it. Uh, no, they've been at Disneyland several times. What I mean, but, uh, but Disney wasn't running it. LucasArts was running it. Lucasfilm was running it previously. Um, I don't know if that's entirely true. I know that several... I had it up on Wikipedia, but I think I closed the tab. But several of them took place at uh, like Universal Studios area in Florida or that Disneyland or something like that. I think it's, it's a collaboration thing that they've doing, done with Disney and Star Wars for a long time. Well, I mean, I know they're reworking all the Star Wars experiences because they own it now. Um, so all of the Tomorrowland type stuff is, is getting heavily worked over in anticipation of these movies. The, well, and the Tomorrowland movie. And the Tomorrowland movie, which I'm also looking forward to, strangely. Uh, looks, I don't know, that one, that one I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around about what, what they're going for with that one. Um, little weird steampunky vibe I'm getting off of it. We'll see. Um... There was an observation in another podcast I was listening to about George Lucas has finally achieved his goal with this. We are going to be getting Star Wars movies every year or every other year for the foreseeable future. The serial has returned to movie theaters, and it's hmm. George's fault. Because what is this? Is if because we're going to have the main through line movies, we're going to have the side movies, all stories told in one universe. If that's not old style movie serials, I don't know what is. We're just not getting them, you know, every couple of months like they would churn them out. But still, we're going to be showing up again and again to see movies with characters we know in a universe we know. More stories. That's the, the, he has revived. He has single handedly revived the serial. On all he had to do was sell it and stop doing it himself. One could actually argue, though, that the Marvel Cinematic Universe beat them to it. Yeah, well, if you it depends on when you put the start date. Because you could put the start date with Phantom Menace, where he led the way of let's reboot, or let's resume work on this franchise. Yes, what he produced we didn't necessarily like all that much, but they're there and they began, they, they made gajillions of dollars which made Disney interested in acquiring Lucas art Lucasfilm because they said hey this has legs obviously let's run with it so if he had never done the prequels it may have been a harder sell to get to this point so I'd say if you, I, I would mark it from the beginning of Phantom Menace's development that he got the ball rolling um, I'd say Marvel is following in his footsteps to a large extent in their own, in their own way. But yeah, they're they're doing exactly the same damn thing. So we're we're gonna have a 
whole generation of moviegoers where this is the norm. So when, when does the next movie in the X universe come out? And you see all these hangers-on trying to do it themselves as well. Um, so things like Divergent. Um, uh, what are these other wannabe... You know, they, they want to turn themselves into ongoing franchises. Mostly, mostly aimed at young adults. Uh, like... Like the Hunger Games thing. Yeah, exactly. Hunger Games and... Uh, there's another... Maze Runner? This, that was a, a really ugh, attempt at that, but yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the city of something or other. Uh, the Bottle City of Candor. Don't make me come over there. What? <laughs> the Bottled City of Candor. What scares me is I know exactly what you're talking about. It's an extremely... Oh, my God. It's an extremely obscure Superman reference. Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice. Uh, yeah, Brainiac, in your little shrink ray. Gotta love it. Anyway, um, so yeah, the, the, huh. ev- everyone would love a franchise like this because, hey, they're money-making juggernauts. Um, and we see Fox trying to do it because they've, they've threatened that the Fantastic Four reboot is in the universe with the X-Men. They're going to try and make their little world. Uh, we'll see. But my, my inner 12-year-old is just bouncing off the walls with joy right now. I agree, and I had the added bonus of reading player, oh, Ready Player One this week while all this was going on. So See, my, that's just gravy. I know. My, I feel like my brain's exploding. Nostalgia sauce. I mean, that's like taking 100 proof shots of nostalgia, uh, which is also being made into a film. Who, who got that one? I forget who's developing that. I, I don't know. I haven't I remember heard. being. I, I remember nodding with approval. Um, Ready Player One yeah. is Steven Spielberg. Thank you. Um, so we'll, we'll see what that one. That one may actually be. It's going to be hard. There's no. Yeah, that's hard, not hard, be easy to, hard do. to translate that into an entertaining but, movie that's going to be a crowd pleaser. But with Spielberg, you know it's going to have money, so they could yep. probably do it. I'm not worried about the tech. I'm expecting Avatar level, you know, technology. I'm talking about just the storyline. Um, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward story. Though. It's it's, it's young, I mean, ma- young man it, going on a quest. Yeah, and plus half the half the time they're not in the real world, right? They're right. in their, in their virtual fanta- world. Yeah, that's that's the major conceit is the world has gone into the virtual space for everything. So that's where your schooling is. That's where all all business is transacted. Oh, and also you just play the game as one hundred percent of your leisure time. So I'm trying to remember. It's 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 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Oh. In VR, um, except for he knows he's he's trying to win control of of the universe instead of it becoming being a surprise to Charlie at the end. Um, hmm. Yeah, that one. Another one. Just yet another good property that I'm looking forward to seeing. I and, think the hardest part though is going to get. Like all of the references to all of the different things, like right, in, in, are they going to have to change stuff to make it fit the movie? Because getting the, the rights, rights to, to all that, yeah, that's, X Y Z. Oh, God. Well, but if Spider Man can come home to the cinematic universe, I think at this point anything's possible. Money fixes everything. There, put rub some money on that. Here, rub some money on that. Hey, don't you feel better? Mm, we shall see. I am again cautiously hopeful. 
um, enjoy this renaissance and ride this ride for as long as it as it, as it shall last. Uh, there's nothing left from our from our youth to reboot or or revive. I can think of it. If there's a freaking Thunderbirds movie out there, jeez. <laughs> Thundercats. Thunder Thundercats did get re- <laughs> rebooted a little while ago. I'm not sure how successful it was. Um, yeah, I was watching a documentary off YouTube on Space 1999. Mm. That. Um, and I had forgotten that the creators of that, their previous triumph had been Thunderbirds with the super marionation <laughs> marionettes. The, one of the weirdest things ever that was successful. Um, yeah, super marionation. <laughs> we'll do it all with puppets. Um, but it was an intri- I, Go ahead. Oh, I say the South Park people kind of killed that when they made Team America. Oh, yeah. They didn't kill it. <laughs> they took it out back and kicked it a few times. <laughs> I'd say it's, it's a, a bizarre way of reviving interest in it if you're into, you know. Yeah, but it's been a decade since that. It's not like it, everyone was no. like, we need to make more marionette movies. No, it's it's a gimmick. I mean, what? No. No, no, no. Um, the new Thunderbirds movie, was that live action or is that CG? I, did, I haven't been paying close attention. I just know that it was out there. Uh <laughs> Thunderbirds. Who watches it? (laughs) You're the only one who watches weird stuff like that. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Thunderbirds reboot. Thunderbirds are go. It looks like it's not live action. No, which is good, because if you're going from marionettes, then, yeah, okay, that's animated. That's animated. So, but uh, looking at the little trailer that's scrolling by here, it has the classic look and feel, um... And what's even more fun is, yeah, just looking at that. There's there's little bits of uh, Space 19. If you look at the ship drifting by, it has the, the capsule from the nose of an eagle from Space 1999, which makes sense because it's in the same, it's from the same creators in the same universe. Uh, be afraid. Oh, no. No, no. It's not animated. It's not? It lo- well, the poster looks animated. Nope. Interesting. They've got frickin' uh, what's his name? Uh, actor Hudson from Aliens. Um, Bill well, Pullman. Yeah. Bill, uh, not Bill Pullman. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton is is the the, the family lead. He's the eldest Tracy brother. Holy crap! <laughs> it is full live action. Oh God. Is it? Yep. They look animated on the on the little thing. No. Let's see. If you go to IMDb, it looks a little weird. Okay. Well, there was. It looks like they're okay. Thunderbirds are go. Mm-hmm. Looks to be CG. That's where, what I thought. Where yeah. is this Bill Paxton image coming from then? I don't know, but Thunderbirds are go looks CG to me. I mean, they have a lot of actors. I mean, the way that they normally scene. do these things is they will. Um, okay. This yeah. This is one that's already come and gone. This was from 2010. The Paxton one? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So that's, okay. ar- that's already happened. The, the, new, the new one they're going for is CG. Okay. Okay. I was, I was, I was mixing up my... <laughs> cool. I was looking down the list. I'm like, I don't see Bill Paxton. What am I missing? That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he looks dorky in that suit. Sorry. Totally I was falling, falling down a Google hole there. The sidetracks. They're happening. <laughs> help, help. It's happening. Uh, all right, let's let's steer this boat into Ritalin Bay, shall we? Exactly. Uh, we got a few more things on the list here. 
Uh, oh, yes, the other trailer. Now, this is uh, why I referenced this one earlier that against my will I am interested in, which is Terminator Genesis. Mm-hmm. They've gone down the same road they went with Judgment Day, which is doing a major reveal about the plot, spoiling a huge plot element in the trailers. If you recall from Judgment Day, T2. Yeah, that was cool. They let it out that Arnie was playing good Terminator. So, and if you look at the way the movie was shot, I don't think they intended it that way. Because if you go into that movie not knowing anything, it's a huge surprise when the T-1000 turns out to be the T-1000 and Arnie turns out to be a good guy. Because the way they play it up to that point, you have every reason to believe the other guy's human and Arnold is just another Terminator come to kill Sarah Connor. And it's a <gasps> moment when Arnold does the come with me if you want to live kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they totally spoiled that in trailers ahead of time. It was they, they let it out that he was, you know, so they made that decision. They've done it again with Genesis. Now, if you don't want to be spoiled on this, then you've obviously been avoiding trailers, but... In this trailer, it is revealed that John Connor, the hero of the Resistance who sent all the people back in time to save his mother, is now some kind of a Terminator-ish. Ish. Maybe thing. hybrid. He's, but he's clearly the villain in the movie. And it's not just a little tiny indication of that. The whole trailer is all about them fighting robo nano john connor thing guy and okay whiskey tango foxtrot what Mm -hmm. where are you going with this one um so again kicking and screaming i'm going great now i need to know the answer to this one yep that and the effects on him look fairly bitching well, and they leave you with enough questions. I mean, I think that's what this the trailer does. Is it does give you a reveal, but it leaves you with more questions to be answered, which is why you want to go watch the movie. Right. He does the speech of, not machine, not man. I'm something more. Um, so that he, if he's a, like a merged John Connor, Skynet, crossbreed something or other, um, who knows? Um, but you've got... Huge fan service in that you've got the classic Arnold Terminator and the CG youngified Arnold Terminator throughout the movie. You've got the T-1000 from Judgment Day doing, mm-hmm. doing his T-1000 liquid metal thing. And now you've got super duper new John Connor thing guy doing all kinds of crazy things. So it's all the movies thrown together in a shaker and shaken liberally and poured back out with and which is exactly what you can do with a time travel franchise. You can say, we're going to tell the story over again when someone else has meddled with the timeline. And let's throw in bits and pieces, all the best bits and pieces from the other movies, and just ignore that T3 ever occurred and have a good time. And you've got Emily, uh, what, Amelia Clark playing uh, Sarah Connor. Yeah, and she's, and she's pulling off uh, the look very well. Yeah, I um, mean, hey... She's a badass in Game of Thrones, so yep. why not? Um, and you've got, you know, they, they found their excuse to be able to use old Arnie, you know, without makeup uh, by sending him far back in time and letting him age. So they've 
let him be in the movie and and not have to do heavy makeup other than when they're scraping his skin off and revealing metal. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's damn it. <laughs> and the T one thousand looks awesome too. Yeah, they, they, I mean they, 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 the change in technology between then and now means they can do even more cool things with Mister Liquid Metal. Um, and Mr. I don't know what the hell he is, John Connor robot guy. <laughs> so, yet another one that has my interest. You know, if the next Alien film that they're talking about comes out looking <laughs> really freaking good, I may go insane. Why? Because That's I, good entertainment. It's about time that we have solid entertainment back to back to back. I'm just so used to being let down when... Because usually they milk a franchise to death, and you get something like Alien Three. <laughs> True. Which <laughs> I just watched it the other day. <laughs> oh my and god! Did you really? Yeah. For what it is, it's great. I it's had to put the subtitles not, just, on because I couldn't understand what anyone was saying. The accents are a bit thick, yeah. um, and it's a lot of yelling and like vent noises. And There's always a steam vent going off next yeah. to everyone's head. Well, it's the freaking lead foundry. Oh, yeah. It just, if they had released that as not an alien film, not called it part of the alien franchise, I would have been much happier. Yeah. Um, Plus, you also realize that there are probably hundreds of other movies that are out. These are just the ones that we're focusing on. Right. Well, yeah. Exactly, so there's a bunch of other crappy movies. We just don't like those or even talk about those. The through line on these, though, is that they're franchises. These are sequels and movies in, in the universe. And historically, True. Hollywood has not been great about that. Usually, they're just doing it because the math says it'll make money. So the, the, the sequel rule was always a sequel to a successful blockbuster was guaranteed more or less to make at least two-thirds what the original film did. So what they would always do is low-budget the sequel, understanding that the good faith from the original film would carry over and they would get guaranteed, or as near to guaranteed money as possible, <coughs> Highlander 2, as <laughs> you can. And they weren't interested in continuing the story. They were interested in making easy money. And that was the formula for sequels in Hollywood for decades and decades and decades. Did you ha do you have to make money first in order for it to be included in this list? Because we can always talk about Magic Mike, too. I'm unfamiliar with it. <laughs> I um, don't... It's hot a, tub time machine, strippers. too, okay? <laughs> but we seem to have turned a corner in some sectors of Hollywood where they're not just doing the sequel math. They're actually saying, no, let's just make another good movie. Well, you can get more money out of people because most, nowadays I feel like people will go see a good movie in the theater two to three to four times. When it's, yeah, when it's awesome, yes. Exactly. And so you can get your minimal amount of money on that sequel and say, okay, this is how much money we're going to get them because they're only going to come to see it once because we did not put any effort right. into this. Or if we make it near as good as the first or, one. <gasps> or maybe better or better then we've got three four they'll come see it three four five times because they want to bring their friends yeah yeah and that's the the joy part of the joy of a good movie is sharing it with friends absolutely like, come with me you have to see this movie yep and i'm, I'm just not used to hollywood getting it because I mean, we, we as fans have always sat here and said why can't you just give me 
what the original Star Wars movies gave me. A sequence of good movies. Why do you have to just try and make a buck off the sequel and then not care about the story? And now they're... I'm, I'm, just, I'm so afraid of being burned because I'm enjoying this so much and I want this to be the new normal. I want this to be the way entertainment is done from now on. Um, where you start with a good premise and if it is well received, you do more like that. Not just repeating yourself, but continuing stories and telling us more things about the characters you've had us come to care about. Um, and I'm, I'm loving it, but this is this... Is this voice in the back of my head saying remember thou art mortal remember thou art mortal and like <laughs> the other shoe is going to fall like no i don't want it to well the thing is they may fall but it'll fall on things we don't care about you know we it'll hope. fall on, on on something that is not gonna matter to us i think i mean eventually it will yes but for now yeah. enjoy it I'm, I'm just gonna immerse myself in it and just wallow in it because it's awesome there you go. I get to talk to Boba about like 17 different Star Wars things. Crazy. I want and more like th that. That's certainly not a bad thing. It does not suck. This 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 time in our lives does not suck. I, <laughs> I want to keep not sucking. Ah, and on that bombshell, it is time to end. Thank you to all of you who joined us on the call today. Uh, the Barry Von Awesome and Boba Fetish. And thank you to the volunteers on the research page. If you go over to alphageekradio.reddit.com during the week, please submit links for things you have found around the internet that you think would be interesting to talk about. And look at the links that are already in there. Vote them up if you like them. Vote them down if they are not interesting to you. We really, really appreciate and thrive off of your input. So that's alphageekradio.reddit.com or you can just follow the community link off of alphageekradio.com. You can find us on the Facebook and on Google+. Just do a search on those for Casually Hardcore or Alpha Geek Radio. On the Twitter, the network is Alpha Geek Radio. The show is Hardcore Casuals. I am on there as GnomeWise. She is on there as DaxaCH. That is D-A-K-S-A-C-H, not D-A-X-A. And Boba Fetish. You're there as Boba Fetish Wow, right? That's correct. And the Barry Von Awesome is on there as... Barry Von Awesome. Uh, send us your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you like what we're doing on the network, please. We are always looking for financial support. There's lots more stuff I want to do. And unfortunately, it's all expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done all the easy stuff. I've done all the cheap stuff that I can. And now I need like server hardware. Uh, so if you can and you feel you get some value out of the uh, services that we deliver about the content we get to your ears wherever you happen to be, head over to patreon.com slash alpha geek and pledge us a buck a month or whatever whatever you feel like. Um, any small amount of help you can send is appreciated. And we're getting to the point where it's actually needed if we want to grow the station, and dang it, I do. Uh, go to tunein.alphageekradio.com to read about all the different ways you can ingest our live and pre-recorded content. The list grows ever longer. Uh, we want you to be able to play it on your potato. If you need to uh, buy something from Amazon, consider using the search tools from the front page of alphageekradio.com. If you begin your search there and then purchase something, it costs you nothing extra, and we get a little cut of the sale. That is another way you can support the shows and the station. And we appreciate everything you do. And 
I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. Oh. And nobody else has been there. No, Bo- uh, Barry was waiting for Boba because Boba came on the call first, and those are the rules. Oh, Boba fetish. <laughs> and I've been Barry. And you did it right, Barry. I, I will give you that. <laughs> and we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.